Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Booth, and I've been a clinical hypnotherapist since 2011. I specialise in helping people overcome anxiety and build confidence instead. This weekly podcast will cover a wide range of mental health issues related to anxiety, along with some helpful tips and suggestions that you can try at home. If you have any questions that you'd like answered in a future episode, then please head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com forward slash podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, welcome to this week's episode and another episode of my guest series. This week I'm joined by Rachel, who has very kindly agreed to talk to us about her own experiences of anxiety and depression. This is a really, really good episode because Rachel is amazingly honest about some of the things that she's experienced, which is really, really beneficial for people who maybe have similar issues. We also talk at the end about some of the techniques that Rachel has found particularly helpful for her. And there's loads of stuff we explain it in loads of detail so that you can actually have a go at these things at home as well. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for offering to be on the podcast. Okay. Um, it's been amazing, actually, the response that I've had from different people. Um, so you're coming at it from kind of a personal experience. Yeah. And I know that you have done a few different types of therapy and also set up your own Instagram profile to kind of try and help people talk about mental health a bit more openly. Mm. So I'm really, really pleased that you decided to help me out with this episode as well. Oh, that's so, okay. I was hoping you would be happy just to talk myself and the listeners through a little bit about your experiences of mental health anxiety, how it's been for you, maybe how it started, um, and just give us an idea of what your experience has been. It's been something that uh, I have experienced for, I'd say, the majority of my life. Um, Since I was in my early teens, um, I used to get panic attacks but I didn't really know what they were back then. Um, I just used to get these horrible physical symptoms all the time and constantly be worried about them. And it was just, I was stuck in this vicious circle of having these horrible symptoms and then being obsessed that there was something wrong with me and that I was ill. And my whole fear was being scared of being ill, particularly um, having an upset stomach or being sick. And as experiences, anxiety will know, feeling sick to your stomach is one of the most common symptoms of anxiety so yeah that was something that I was sort of always experiencing and then always worrying about and it was just a constant circle of what you know worrying that I was not well um or anything like that um anyway that all kind of phased off um into my sort of adult years and I, I'd say I spent a good five years without any kind of panic attacks or any of these kind of physical symptoms. And I sort of thought I'd just grown out of it. And it was something that I just had to deal with when I was younger. I had, however, though, um, experienced a, a bit of depression. I'd been on antidepressants. Um, I went through quite a bad breakup and also lost a family member who I was extremely close with and those things all sort of happened at the same time in my life and that sort of sent me down a little bit of a uh, a pathway <laughs> of feeling quite low and sad and I couldn't quite understand again what it was um, I just knew that I wasn't myself I was feeling quite lost so that was probably when I was about 25 I'm 30 now um, and yeah so I that was more to do with low mood and more of like the depression side of it so I was put on various medications until one of them sort of started to lift my mood a little bit which it did and again that sort of lasted I'd say a couple of years and then never really never experienced that again really to be honest um just usual like day-to-day anxieties and you know like hormonal mood swings and things like that all of that normal stuff but um yeah so I thought I'd seen the back of all of it basically and then obviously lockdown hit 
<laughs> which uh, was fine the first couple of months, um, I'd say, even. I was having a whale of a time, thought it was great. I was, I'm just trying to think when I, so I was working in the pub, but we, I left working in the pub literally a week or two before lockdown, um, which was quite convenient timing anyway, really. But yeah, so I was unemployed anyway um, before, before the lockdown and sort of loving it because I'd gone from having a really stressful full on job uh, working weekends and nights and all the rest of it to suddenly uh, having nothing to do and it was great. I found myself drinking a lot of wine and a lot of gin and having a great time and um, it was obviously really good weather so yeah it was fine. After a couple of months I started to notice these physical symptoms again that I hadn't experienced for a really long time. One night, I think it was, I was sat with my boyfriend at the time <laughs> and uh, we, we sat and had dinner and I suddenly got this feeling in my stomach after I had dinner that I needed to go to the toilet. And for as long, for many, many years, I would never have worried about anything like that since I was really quite young. And I suddenly felt myself going into a complete panic, just completely out of the blue. Like I hadn't, hadn't experienced anything like this for a really long time. And yeah, and that's when it all started really, which I think was about two, about two months into lockdown one. And I was upstairs on the loo and I was suddenly had all these physical symptoms that I hadn't that sort of washed over me that I hadn't had for such a long time racing heart, sweating, like dry mouth, obviously felt sick. I get pins and needles in my fingertips and in my, sometimes in my mouth. And it all just came flooding back. And I was sort of thinking, what the hell is going on? I haven't experienced this, experienced this for ages. Um, didn't know if it was a one-off or what, but anyway, got through it. And yeah, basically that was the start of it. <laughs> and uh, since then I've been struggling on quite an extreme level daily with all these ex with all these um, physical symptoms of anxiety and it's so hard to try and explain to people because people sort of say well other than the obvious the fact that we're in a lockdown and a global pandemic what are you actually anxious about and I think I don't really know half the time half the time the anxiety starts before you even know what you're worried about yeah, all I know is it's an extremely physical battle that a lot of people don't realise. Um, it's not just in your head, like it, it's, it's, it's really physical. And I think I've experienced a lot more physical symptoms this year than I've ever had before, like new things like dizziness. What else have I had that's been quite new? So I've had the dizziness, lightheaded. When I'm walking sometimes, I sort of feel like I can't feel my legs and like, I can't explain. I still don't really understand what that one is, but yeah. So lots of new symptoms, which are quite scary ones as well. Cause you start thinking, is there something actually wrong with me? Um, so I had to go and have blood tests and all the rest of it. They all came back. No, nope, there's nothing wrong with you. And then started some uh, more hypnotherapy with yourself. And yeah, that really helped me just try and get a bit of a grip on trying to understand what was actually going on and why the things that were happening were happening and also that it was okay and that it was actually quite normal and yeah so that's kind of like my experience generally it's been a long <laughs> it's been a long time and yeah so I don't know if it's worse now as an adult than it was when I was younger because you're so much more exposed to stuff now which is good but it's not good because it can be helpful, but it can also mean that everything's so easily accessible that you can end up making yourself feel worse by trying to, you know, reassure yourself. For example, going onto Google and putting on whatever symptoms you've got, it's always going to come up with something. And then I end up obsessing about that. And that's just a vicious circle of worry. It is, um, it's really difficult to fully explain to people that have not had anxiety how physical it can be. Mm. And I think you've just done an amazing job of explaining that. 
Um, so I really hope that if people are listening and they're feeling those things, they do understand that that can be a really normal part of anxiety. Mm-hmm. When I used to really struggle with anxiety, mine was very much around dizziness. Was and it? it would happen at really awkward moments. Sometimes even when I was driving mm-hmm. and you'd start to think like, this could be really dangerous. Yeah. And when you don't know that it's anxiety, it's it seems very obvious that it could be something quite severe because... Mm-hmm you don't just start feeling dizzy for no reason. No. And it can be really scary for people to understand how much of an impact these mental health conditions can actually have on our bodies. Um, and of course, we've talked about the connection between the brain and the um, gastric system. And this is often the basis for things like IBS as well. Um, it can have such a big impact on how we feel physically. Mm. So yeah, I think, I think you've done a really good job there of explaining how how it actually felt for you. Mm. Um, I, I strongly suspect that people listening will probably empathize with that a lot because they will have experienced something quite similar. Yeah. So for you, it seemed like lockdown really kind of made it worse in a way. Mm. And you touched briefly on that idea of more information almost being a bit of a, a cause for some of it as well. Yeah. Um, that's a theme that I've seen a lot coming up in clinic. The ability to Google things, the ability to find out what symptoms could mean, and also the ability to have things like the news constantly, yeah. um, because this corona situation has not been pleasant for anybody involved in it. And having that constant update of what's going wrong in the world can also be an extra thing just to worry about. Yeah. So if you have a brain that's prone to being anxious anyway, then it's just going to get more and more anxious with everything that's on the TV. Yeah, I think as well, because it's all to do with a virus, <laughs> it's very relevant to my specific phobias that I've always had, which is the fear of getting catching illnesses or being ill constantly. When I was younger, well, I say when I was younger, I've been doing it again uh, recently, but this is what I mean, how it sort of reminds me of when it all very first started when I was young constantly like looking at myself in the mirror to see if my face looks pale constantly doing this and like sorry you can't see that on the audio (laughs) constantly trying to uh, check the temperature of my forehead with my hand and like trying to get reassurance from my partner I said do I I look ill am I am I hot do you think you know and you almost become addicted to trying to get reassurance from people which is also not great but you can't help it (laughs) so yeah I'm feeling a lot better now I think I've almost got used to the situation now it's nowhere near as scary as it was when it all first started but saying that I am now on some more medication which I don't think I've even told you about yet because it's only been a couple of weeks so I'm now on antidepressants again sertraline sertraline however you say it just to try and stop because I was given beta blockers to help the physical things but I was finding that I was still worrying all the time and obviously they don't interfere with any of your actual thought processes um they just stop the physical sort of things happening so I was sort of finding myself feeling a bit strange feeling like I was anxious and worrying but nothing was happening but I was almost feeling like it was trying to happen I did recently have a bit of a I say a scare I don't really know what to call it but a few weeks ago I um it was a similar kind of thing. It was something to do with um, my stomach, um, which had created fear and made me go into a panic. Um, but I and I, I was doing so well. Like for the last couple of weeks, I hadn't um, sort of experienced any panic attacks, and I thought, great, like this is good. I'm on the right track. And then you suddenly have a setback, and I just got really, really fed up with myself because I just thought, what? I don't know. I found myself feeling angry towards myself not angry but just fed up and drained and like just like why have I got to deal with this and just feeling really sorry for myself and I don't know I just sort of I shut myself away in the bathroom (laughs) and I just got really down and I just I just didn't know what to do I thought I can't live like this I actually can't and I'm trying so hard to help myself and I don't know I just was feeling a bit defeated by it all and the physical side of it was just really taking its toll on me and but I was had been sort of trying to say stay strong mentally for so long and deal with this physical thing that was happening every day 
um and I then I think at this point my 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 head I've just felt like giving up I just thought this is I can't live like this it's actually too difficult like I can't physically do it anymore <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah absolutely um, so I got quite down and I spoke to my mum and dad sometimes I find that difficult as well particularly when you're feeling low because obviously you don't want to scare anyone you don't want to upset anyone but at the same time you know that you need to talk to someone and you know that if you didn't they would sort of I don't know they would always encourage you to talk to them even if it's difficult um so this particular night I I thought I need to just reach out to my family um because I just needed to speak to someone my partner has been absolutely amazing um as he always has been super super supportive he was actually downstairs sending me whatsapp messages um of like positive affirmations just saying you know you can do this repeat this this is as awful as this feels right now it's only temporary or whatever I can't remember exactly what but he was amazing sending me these things and he's very aware that sometimes I just want to be on my own um and I need to just deal with it and get through it um but it's so hard for I and then I end up feeling really guilty because you think well this can't be easy for how could anyone live with me? I must be such a pain to live with. Like I'm such a draining kind of burden on everyone I know. Um, and then that in itself ends up playing on your mind because then that's then you end up spiraling down that kind of road of that, you know, um, feeling bad, um, even though you know it's something you can't help. But yeah, that particular night, anyway, my dad got me through it um, just by sending me text messages. He, he was funny. He was just sending me messages, just asking me really random things like, oh, I can't remember what now, but he sort of said, do you want to talk? And I said, yeah, but I don't want to talk on the phone. Can you? So he was okay. So he's just sending me text messages one after another, just keeping that contact, if you know what I mean, um, and just keeping me and I, and I got through it and, that, and it really helped me. And I don't think he even knew how much he helped me. Um, but yeah, that was literally all I needed. And then after that, can't I can't remember exactly what it was he said now, but there was various random things, something to do with, oh, uh, are you still doing, I can't remember, something to do with my dancing or just tried to change the subject and keep me engaged and just keep me talking, even if it wasn't about what was happening. And yeah, so that really got me through it. It's really tricky that frustration that you feel because my experience of anxiety meant that I ended up failing um, the degree course that I was doing. So I started attributing anxiety to failure. So I started feeling like I was a failure because I had anxiety. And anytime I had some sort of anxiety attack or I was really struggling with the situation, that negative self-talk of like, here you are again, you're failing again. It's very, very common. And then you were saying things like, it makes you feel bad about yourself really because why do I have this anxiety why can't I cope with it better mm. having issues like that is yeah. is really really common and one of the biggest challenges I think to overcoming anxiety because it makes us feel rubbish about ourselves and one of the biggest things we need to overcome anxiety is to be feeling good about ourselves and be kind to ourselves and be understanding that these things happen but it's a real real challenge to do I'm really glad there were people that were there for you um, and I would strongly encourage anyone listening to reach out to people if you are having those moments where you are really struggling. And I would say that everybody still has those. So even though I've worked on my mental health for, I mean, well over a decade now, there are still moments, it still happens. Unfortunately, these things are just something that come up for everybody at some point in their life. So reaching out to somebody when you have those moments is such an important thing. Yeah. It is, it is so hard though, isn't it? Like it, it, it took me a long time to kind of feel completely comfortable with just saying what I really felt. I'd sort of always half openly talked about it, but I, there's always certain things I'd maybe kept myself because I thought, well, oh, people don't need to know that. That's a bit embarrassing. Well, I basically, I've got a fear of going to the toilet, which is just completely ridiculous. And I used to just call myself stupid all the time, be like, why are you scared of this? It's a normal thing. Um, so I think I'd mentioned to you briefly before in our sessions that I was worried about IBS. I thought it was something that I was experiencing, but it turns out 
I'm perfectly fine in that department and it was all normal and to be honest it was probably my anxiety that was possibly triggering that but the whole thing's just a vicious circle it's one symptom after the other and if it's not some if it's not your stomach playing up it's something else and and the, the problem with the the symptoms that you get they could all be linked to anything else <laughs> so it's so hard to know and you sometimes you find yourself thinking is this anxiety and something else now that's what I find myself saying a lot thinking okay well I know that this is probably my anxiety but I haven't had that symptom before or I haven't had this one for a while what if it's not what if something's gone wrong what if something's actually going wrong now what if I have got in food intolerances because my my fear of being unwell used to affect me in such a way where I wouldn't eat any like I wouldn't I wouldn't eat any meat um because I was always constantly scared that it would be undercooked um so I basically would basically live off of chips uh bread toast and things like that that there was just no risk that it was could be undercooked if that makes sense yeah cross-contamination has always been a big thing for me even to this day when we're cooking anything chicken particularly I have to (laughs) I'm like have you definitely have you definitely washed that up can we wash that up immediately before I can't put that in the dishwasher with everything else or it needs I'm just and I think that is just part of me and I'll always be like that and I think it's okay to be like that it's actually quite good to be like that because um you know I don't want to get food poisoning nobody wants to get food poisoning um and I don't think it's been on sort of like an OCD level I think um that's just something that I'll always be very conscious of but it did used to affect me and I do find um when I'm feeling anxious I do go through phases where I completely lose my appetite um so I've sort of over lockdown I found myself surviving on like Weetabix drinks and things like that which have actually been a complete uh godsend it was my again it was my dad's recommendation he doesn't realize how much he's helped me but he just suggests these things he's like well what about these Weetabix drinks they're quite good they've got fiber and iron and all this and I thought actually they're quite nice (laughs) And so it was helpful to just have that. And because then it sort of took away the pressure of you need to eat something. Because then I found myself every day thinking, I I know I don't fancy anything because I'm not feeling myself. But then comes with that people saying, oh, you've got to eat. And you think, I know I've got to eat, but that's making me less likely to eat. Like knowing how much you've got to do it. So I just had these things in the fridge and I just downed them like a shot. And I thought, okay, well, at least I've got something in me now. So I don't need to worry so much that, you know, I'm not putting anything in. And again, um, my partner has completely adapted and he's been so supportive with understanding that sometimes if I'm not feeling like I want to eat anything, he used to, to start with, he'd be like, right, what do you want for dinner? Like, what time should we have dinner? And I'd be like, I can't think about dinner. I don't even know if I want anything like I don't want to have this conversation it just so now what he does is if he notices that I'm on edge which he's really good at picking up on now (laughs) he will just carry on he'll make dinner he'll cook something and then he'll say to me right there's there's dinner down here if you want it and he won't plate any up for me he won't expect me to have any he'll just sort of say right it's ready if you want it and then he'll sit down and carry on and five minutes later I'll probably go downstairs and and do the same because there's no expectation and there's no pressure and that's worked really really well so it's really helpful when you've got someone who has just you know supported you in every single possible way um and it's trial and error because half the time you don't even know what you need it can be really difficult to get the what that you need um especially when you're not even sure what it is yeah i think that's quite a common theme though and something that i think will be quite useful to people to understand is that when somebody is anxious about something putting pressure on them to resolve it in some way can be hugely detrimental mm. so for people who are living with people with anxiety if they can just take the pressure off um, and just make it not a big deal then that really does help the situation that you're in because that pressure just makes it all worse because then you start getting anxious about what you should be doing and the pressure of having to do something and not feeling like it's right just can make everything so much worse. So I think actually 
that's probably quite a good tip for people listening. And it might even be worth, if you're having problems with your partner at home, not supporting you in the way you need, having a conversation about what would help you in that situation. And if you don't know, then maybe try a few different things and see what works. And you might end up with two or three things that your partner can try and then hopefully start to get some support that you need. Because it is really hard, I think, for partners to understand. Definitely. And I'm so aware of how difficult it must be for the the other person. (laughs) Um, It must be so hard. They've got to see you struggling. They feel helpless. They want to help you, but they don't know what to do. And yeah, so I'm he, you know, that we've had many conversations um, and we've tried lots of different things. And I think now he's he's become very used to me um, and sort of knows and understands exactly what you've just said with regards to the pressure and he even reminds me of that as well because sometimes I find myself saying like for example again I don't know how much of this you want to share but I really don't mind sharing it my specific you, you know what's coming there don't you? it's entirely up to you I'm, I'm comfortable with it <laughs> <laughs> my, my specific thing is again if I'm going to the toilet I'm scared I worry that there's something wrong like if it's not what is it's meant to look like in my head then I think oh god like I've got an upset stomach um so I found myself having to again it's the whole constantly seeking reassurance for every little thing I found myself having to basically share what was happening when I was going to the toilet and asking is that normal and can you tell me what yours is like because that makes me feel better anyway so sometimes if I say right this has just happened oh my god oh my god and then he will actually say don't make a big deal about it it's fine like don't make it into a thing and sometimes I find myself even like if I've had if I've been to the toilet and I think okay that was good that was a good today's a good day I'm not worried about that I would then even make a thing about that and be like oh this is like I'm I'm feeling really good today and he said well just don't make a thing about it just just forget like because if you make even if you make too much of a thing about the times when it's gone the way you want it to go that's almost without you really realizing making it more of a thing for any time you go and it's not like that yeah definitely so yeah he he's often saying to me just don't make a big thing about any you know just take it as whatever like it's normal (laughs) it's just normal so yeah it's having a supportive partner is really really like the best thing that's ever happened to me I mean it's something that I've obviously I haven't we've only been together for um a year and a half now um before that I've you know I still struggled on my own um but I've always had amazing friends my family have always been absolutely the most supportive people in the world as well so I am really lucky and I know it's not as you know it's not easy for everyone um to talk to people yeah I don't really know what to advise there other than just just say what you're feeling and it will you know if the right person will want you know will want to be there and will want to help you and there'll be someone that understands or even if they don't understand there'll be someone that wants to to try and make you feel better or to help you so and it's the thing again like what you said about my Instagram page I sort of created that just after it all started happening because I almost needed an outlet and where we were in lockdown as amazing as my partner was I felt like I needed to I just I didn't want to consume him so much with talking about it all the time so I felt like I didn't you know I wanted to give him a break and I thought but I still I still felt like I had so much to get out of my system and I felt like I wanted to reach out to other people I thought I can't be the only person feeling like this I know I'm not the only person feeling like this and I wanted to find um people that you know other people and just make them realize that you actually aren't alone and I know it's so easy for people to say you're not alone you're not alone but to actually share stories and you know specifics of what you're going through makes people actually realize that they're not alone and feel like they're not alone you know rather than just saying to people you're not going through this on your own so what is your Instagram how can people find it Oh yeah, so it is Let's Talk About Feelings on Instagram. And yeah, it's basically, I don't really, it's nothing professional. I'm obviously got, I've, I've learned 
lots of techniques over the years from various therapists and um, mindfulness courses and reading books and all the rest of it. Um, but I'm obviously not a professional. It is really just a page that I created to as an outlet for myself and also to just try and encourage other people to talk about stuff, anything and everything. There's, there's nothing specific on there. Um, yeah, it sort of touches on all the things that I've mentioned really. So for people who are maybe listening, who potentially don't have partners that are supportive or don't have family that they feel like they can approach, mm. um, I would just say that it's worth having a look at things in your local area because there's a surprising amount of charitable endeavours that can help out. So um, if you're local to Andover, there's various walks that you can go on with people um, for mental health and things like that. There are various groups on Facebook. Uh, social media can be a really useful place, actually, although there's lots of bad sides to social media. If you find people who are talking about the things that you're worried about, then that can be a really good place as well. So if you are feeling like you're alone, try and find people who are experiencing similar things to you, because it is really important to connect. We all need connections to people. And when we have that support of people who are experiencing something similar, or understand what you're experiencing, it can be really, really beneficial. Mm. That's sometimes why therapy is so beneficial, because just having someone there that you can talk to, even if it's only once a week, who fully understands and fully accepts everything that you're experiencing can be very valuable in itself. So it's great that you have such a supportive partner and family, but for those that don't, there are other ways of finding that. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I personally, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. I was just gonna say, um, Another reason why I created that account on Instagram is um, as a separate thing to my, my other one that I post pictures of trees and all the rest of it on cats mainly um, is because I wanted to specifically follow um, all of these accounts that made me feel good um, or made me feel like, like I'm not on my own um, and shared things that I could relate to. Um, that I didn't necessarily want to just start, you know, follow 300 odd accounts on my other one. But so if I feel like I need um, to remind myself that, you know, I'm not alone, um, I will go onto that account and I've got, um, I follow loads of pages. There's so many really useful pages on there. Um, and there's so many people as well, like me, who have just done the similar thing. Yeah. Um, and I've had so many messages from just random people that I don't even know just saying oh really this is amazing like you're doing so good it's so brave to do this um, and you know from people that I sort of know um, but they've just said this is this is really amazing um, and you've made me feel so much better like I, I genuinely thought I was the only person that experienced these things so people really do feel like it is they are the only person and you do it it is it's a it's a lonely world like when you're in it you know like that time when I was mentioned to you when I was in the bathroom I couldn't get myself out of my head when you're in it like that you really do feel alone even though you know you're not so to be able to quickly access something to remind yourself of that um is was is really helpful yeah that sounds like really good advice so what other things have you found that help you so many things <laughs> so I have a bedside drawer full of rescue remedy <laughs> uh lavender pillow mist uh what else have I got in my drawer of delights um the rescue remedy fruit pastels um I was gonna say I'll show you but this is not there's no point um I really love and just having them on me all the time I find almost like comforting in, in itself just knowing that I have something and half the time, I don't even know if it is the plant extract in them that actually is doing anything or whether it's a mind over matter and it's just because you've got something to put in your mouth and you think, oh, and you can concentrate on the sunset of the texture and the, you know, and it's just sort of distracts you, I suppose. Um, but I find that really helpful. Um, in terms of techniques, I've learned a lot of techniques, um, basically just your breath as well, like, every single person I have spoken to whether they're professional non-professional whether I'm reading it watching it whatever is li is literally like the tool that you have that always helps you so it's understanding how beneficial it can be to concentrate on your breathing um what in however way works for you really um there's various techniques you can use but it's just being aware of that and bringing yourself back into the moment and um trying to concentrate on something else 
other than whatever you're fixated on. Another thing I found really helpful um, is looking for, I can't remember where I read this tip or heard it, but it was, it's to do with thinking of a colour and then you look and you see and you label as many things that you can see in a room that are that colour. That's something that has been quite useful for me recently. But yeah, other than that, and my um, dancing, I do um, as a hobby. That's always been a really, really good outlet for me. But it's not always something that I can physically do if I'm feeling dizzy or something like that. It's not always great. <laughs> there have been times where I've come over a bit funny when I've been doing that. Um, however, touch wood, haven't for a long time. One thing, I, this was one of the ones that you taught me. I can't remember what it's called, but it's where you hold your hand in a really tight fist. What's it called? Or it, you just gave me a, uh, what was it you called it? I can't remember now. Uh, we use it as the hypnotic anchor. Ah, oh, that's it, an anchor, yeah. The anchor. Yeah. yeah, where if you're, when you're feeling um, overwhelmed by anything, or what, uh, what I've been using it for is when the physical symptoms suddenly start to take me over and I, I find my mind going, oh, your body's feeling a bit hot. Uh, your heart seems to be going a bit faster. What's that feeling in your stomach? And then I can, and then I, I register that I'm starting to, that these thoughts are starting to go through my head. And I think, right, I know where this is going to take me now if I don't do something about it quickly. So yeah, it's where you basically just hold your hand in a fist and breathe in for 10 seconds. And uh, is that right? Yeah. That is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it's, but I find that really, really helpful. It's the one that I told you, you might have to help me explain this because I can't remember, but it's the one that I tried to tell you that I'd learned um, from um, another hypnotherapist where you are, you tap these points. So yeah. it, like you tap above your eyebrows, you tap your temples, you tap above your lip, and then you go, you work your way down and you're just um, physically tapping, it's tapping techniques, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. the tapping technique. So it's called um, emotional freedom technique, but most okay. people know tapping. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, I find that really helpful. I think firstly, because it, it takes a bit longer. So you sort of think, okay, I've got a tap on these eight different places. And by the time you've done that, it's already passed some, quite a lot of time. <laughs> but I think it's connecting, it's actually touching your, like physically making contact with yourself forces you to concentrate on a different sensation rather than whatever you're already fixating on, whether it's churning stomach or, you know, uh, rapid heartbeat or tingling or whatever. If you're physically tapping yourself, you know, you're forced to think about what that feels like. And I think it's repeating, uh, what was the phrase now? Anything really, just something like, even though I'm feeling all this stress, I'm choosing to relax. And you just keep saying that to yourself. I'm choosing to relax. I'm feeling stressed, but I'm choosing to relax and just keep saying that, keep tapping. And eventually it actually works. Like you don't think that something like that can work, but it really does. And you sort of, you find yourself doing it for, I don't know. I think I found myself doing it for up to 10 minutes before, just because I get quite into it. And I think, oh, this is working. I'm just going to keep going. Um, but yeah, so that's really, really been a good one for me. And the square breathing is one that I've recently discovered, which was from the Cards Against Anxiety pack that I was bought, uh, given. And that's a really good one. It's quite easy to do. I find myself doing that in bed. If I've woken up in the night in a panic, in a hot sweat or whatever, um, and my partner's asleep, I need something to try and calm myself down that isn't going to disrupt him by suddenly tapping everything and shaking the bed. <laughs> so I do the square breathing. Um, in bed quite a lot um, if I need to which is basically breathing in for four seconds holding your breath for four seconds breathing out for four seconds holding your breath for four seconds and just keep repeating that again it just forces you to become aware of a different sensation or any something else that's worked wonders for me um, again you don't think these things can work and you think Oh, how can that possibly like and you think I can't I just can't do it I'm in too much of a like I can't concentrate on my breathing I'm, I'm too you know but you can <laughs> and if you actually just do it, it it does it does work it does slow you down and it does bring you back even if it's not completely you know to your normal state of mind it, it just it calm it really does calm you down 
so yeah that's been that's been great for me another thing that I've always liked to do is I go for a drive um I find that just therapeutic it, um, my nana used to always say you're out but you're in because <laughs> you're you know you don't have it doesn't matter what you look like go out in your dressing gown if you want but because you're still in your own personal space but it's a change of scenery and you can just go and you find yourself looking out of the window at things and it just distracts your mind without you really realizing sometimes I like to be the passenger and look out the window other times I like to drive because you're know, obviously driving you have to concentrate on but I can't be obviously in a complete panic when I go and do that because that wouldn't be very safe those are all fantastic techniques I really hope that if you haven't tried these um, and you're listening at home that you give them a go um, most of these techniques are really well known so if you put them into YouTube particularly square breathing there's loads and loads of videos on how to do it um, but your description was was really simple and quite quite easy to follow so I really do hope that people um, try at least and give these things a go and like you said it can really feel like it's not going to work and I know for a lot of people, sometimes just starting that can be a real challenge. Um, but it's really nice to hear you say that it does work, um, because this is what I end up having to persuade clients of quite regularly. Yeah. But if you just do it and stick to it, it really does work. And there's a physiological reason why breathing works, which um, is interesting to me, but probably not to everybody else. And it is such a, a key part of being able to control anxiety is just being able to calm that breathing because one of the early symptoms of anxiety is our breathing going quite shallow and quite short and that causes so many other issues so yeah just that calming of the breathing and there's so many great exercises out there so if the ones that Rachel has suggested don't work for you then go find something different go find something that works for you uh, because everybody is, is very very unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, I've tried loads of things over the years. Those are just the ones that I'm using at the moment and that have sort of been the most beneficial for me, I think. Another thing that I really love, and I think I've not so much because of my anxiety, but it, it does help. I'm really, I've got into my essential oils quite a lot recently. Um, and I find myself daily burning um, oils. I've got loads now. I started off, obviously, lavender is quite a well-known one that um, is relaxing. And that's what you get the pillow mist and everything in but I've recently invested in some more oils frankincense um, and ginger I've started using for the nausea um, which has been a real help and again I don't know if it's a mind over matter thing if I'm feeling oh god I'm feeling nauseous if I rub a bit of this then it'll go away and then it goes away I'm like did that actually do something or is it just because I've I feel like I'm in control of it by putting this on I don't know but whatever it is it's doing something and it smells nice so that's another thing I find um is is worth researching um is the essential oils because they have lots of benefits and they smell great as well but they can just calm your whole whole atmosphere it really helps me every night now um my bed my pillow smells of lavender <laughs> and now it's almost like even if I'm feeling fine if my bed doesn't smell of lavender I think well I need to spray it because this is doesn't smell correct yeah I think we have no idea whether or not um I don't know any of the science behind it but we have an aromatherapist that works in our clinic yeah and some of the different things because she mixes oils together mm. and some of the different things that she uses you do smell them you just instantly feel like maybe a bit more energized or more relaxed it's yeah. great having her working next door, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Essential oils, why not? And, you know, maybe it is a placebo effect. Maybe mm. it doesn't actually do anything. But to be honest with you, I would say don't worry about it. Yeah. And if something works for you, then continue using it. Um, because there's no right or wrong here. The important thing is that it makes you feel better. Yeah. So I wouldn't stress about whether it works. I would just do it if it makes you feel better. Yeah. Oh, it's just nice, isn't it? And that anything, anything that's just is positive or, you know, <laughs> nice to do is obviously always a good thing. So, And that's the key thing of self-care, isn't it? Just doing things for yourself because you like doing them is absolutely acceptable. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same. I, I love essential oils. I burn essential oils, uh, frankincense, uh, frankincense, incense and things like that. So, I mean, why not? If it's something that's nice and you yeah. enjoy it candles I mean why not ultimately yeah definitely I've just thought as well I've just I completely forgot to mention just quickly I don't know how long we've got left but journaling 
has been a massive, massive help for me. Um, I think it's the whole get out, outlet thing, um, just writing it down. And that really helped me to realise as well, because I went through the stage at the beginning of lockdown when it all first triggered. I was obsessed that I had irritable bowel syndrome. I had an intolerance to something. Something was going wrong. Like I, I really thought something was wrong with me in, internally. So I started track, writing down what, you know, what I was eating. I started writing down my toilet habits and just and then I, that's how that's why I started doing it. But in the end, I'm now not so much concentrating on that. And now I've just got into the habit of writing down just any stuff that happens in the day. Um, and now I can't sort of go without it. I just, I feel like I wanna, I need to write this down. I, not so much need, because um, it's not a negative thing at all. It's not something I feel like obliged to do. I like to do it. Um, and I've, re I've really created a new habit um, and it's just really nice to, to write things down. I started writing down um, three things that I was grateful for at the end of every day. Me and my partner in bed quite a, quite often. Um, that's another thing that he's one of the other amazing supportive ways that he helps me at night is he'll say, what was your fa three favorite things about the day today or something along them lines. And it sort of forces me to think of something good before I go to sleep, which I don't know if that helps or not, but it's really nice. And that's a little routine that we're in. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And yeah. that's one of my favorite positivity exercises is just to think of three things and you can phrase it however you want. Three yeah. things you're grateful for, three things that you're happy about. It doesn't matter kind of what framework you want to use. Right. But yeah, having that three positives in a day um, is such a good exercise. That's an exercise that I use quite a lot with people as well. Yeah. And obviously the point of a lot of the exercises that I give clients is to get them to start writing things down, start writing down their thoughts, writing down their feelings, um, because it does make us see it in a different way. It's almost like that act of writing it down makes us consider it slightly differently. Definitely. And it becomes a really useful tool to look at and think, is that useful to me? Is that something that I want? So yeah, it's great. It's great to hear that you found journaling to be of benefit as well. That's uh, quite a well-known thing. Yeah. Um, and something that anyone can do. You don't have to buy one of these fancy journals. No. You can do in a cheap notebook from Tesla. Yeah. Well, I'm onto my cheap now because I had a fancy one to start with and I thought, right, I don't need this anymore. I'm into it now. And now I just use a cheap one from Wilco's, but it does the same <laughs> thing. Because I, I, the first one I started using, it had all these um, like sections that you filled in. And now I'm like, well, I know which sections I used out of that. So now I just write down the subject or the heading myself because I know what I want to get out of it. But it's another one of those things that I always thought and you always hear about journaling and you think, oh, I can't, I'm never going to be able to get into that. I'm not the sort of person that can journal. I'm not a blogger. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> but, and I was that person. And like, I thought that, and I thought, oh, I'm never going to be able to get into this. That's, I know that people say it's helpful, but it's never going to help me. I can't be asked. <laughs> um, but it did. Again, it works. You've just got to try these things and you'll be surprised. Um, and it's now become... A nice little habit and it doesn't feel like an effort it doesn't feel like something um yeah like I said it, it's if I look back to the first pages that I ever started writing it they were so like they're so different to what they are now now it's much more like writing down the good things that have happened in the day and um I don't know if writing down something that would have bothered me a few months ago and now being like I'll, I'll actually write next to it uh, this happened but it's okay or um but I was fine and I will write a reminder to myself saying like but it's okay so yeah it sounds funny it sounds weird but it's helped me and that's such an amazing way of like measuring your progress as well yeah. and being able to acknowledge that growth I think often when people don't want to do these things there's an element of not feeling like they're good enough or they're worthy of that kind of self-care so I would say to people at home, if you're kind of listening to this thinking, oh, that would never work for me, have a bit of a thought about whether or not you deserve to give it a go and give yourself the best chance possible of starting to overcome some of these issues. Because I think it's a really common thing that people just think, no, that's not for me, largely because they think they're not worth it. Mm. Yeah, I think as well, it just felt like too much of an effort 
um because I was in a bit of a rut where I just everything felt like too much effort I was so drained physically and mentally and I thought oh, I don't need something else to be thinking about every day and putting more pressure on myself as well to fill something in every day and then if I don't do it I'm going to end up feeling like you said earlier like I've, I've failed but I find myself now in fact funnily enough I actually haven't done it for the last two days but I'm going to do it now after this because I can sort of remember what's happened over the last two days and I don't feel like I need specifics as much as I used to I sort of now I can reflect more on maybe the week rather than like the hour <laughs> um, before it was like literally taking each hour as it came in the day and now I'm sort of much more um just I don't know feeling a little bit better I suppose amazing well I'm really glad to think hear that things are heading in the right direction um you and I both know and we've talked about how this is an ongoing journey and we will always be learning new things always be trying different things and unfortunately always be experiencing the odd setback that make us feel quite low so yeah, I'm really, really pleased to hear that some of those things have been working well for you. Um, and I really hope that for people listening that you give some of these things a go um, and make sure you check out the Instagram page. What was it called again, sorry? <laughs> Don't feel obliged, but obviously. Uh, let's talk about feelings. Yeah, I mean, it's not out of obligation. I think it is just important that people understand that you can go find these things. Yeah. Because what I'm hoping is they'll go find yours um, most of them will already be following mine anyway mm -hmm. um, and then maybe they'll look for other ones as well so yeah, yeah. you can go through the what the pages that I follow as well and I there's so many good ones on there um, you'll you'll see for yourself if you go on there but yeah definitely there's a whole community of people that are you know that want to sort of spread this word and they want to help each other through whatever they're going through and once you find that it's really nice one of the upsides to social media yeah definitely <laughs> just avoid the rest of it <laughs> yeah definitely and the news and yeah. google <laughs> well thank you so much for your time um to, to do this That's um, okay. i think it's really helpful for people to get people's perspective on it because everybody experiences this in a completely different way so there'll be some people that completely identify with everything you've said and there'll be some people that have a completely different experience. So I, I really appreciate you um, coming on and being so open about your experiences. That's okay. I look forward to hearing other people's experiences too. Yeah. You know, I've learned a lot from you and I will continue to, you know, share things with you because I find it very helpful. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast for notifications on future episodes. And if you have the time to write a quick review, then that would be greatly appreciated. To find out more about me and the work that I do, please head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.